Well, great to have you guys here. Welcome to all our first-time visitors as well. Really good to see so many new faces coming to visit us and uh, uh, speak to you guys as well. What about you guys on the side? But uh, good just to have everybody here. Feel my do me a favor. You just close that window there right in front of you there quickly. Yeah, I'll just close it. All right, and just said I must mention the East Men of Honor tomorrow night after 6. Um, don't forget that. Our leaders will be meeting on Wednesday night at 6, 8, what, 8 o'clock, I mean 6 o'clock for after 6. So just remember that. Kathy said an incredible thing this morning. Kathy very seldom says incredible stuff. But um, <laughs> she says, she said, um, in the preview, while she's praying this morning, she said something that really touched me. She said to us, you, you know that, and I'm going to paraphrase what she said. She basically said that every time we worship, we should chase everyone outside the building. Because it's about him. And there's no room for us inside here. And it's a massive statement. Because you see, when we come to God and make it about us, how can we do the impossible in our lives? How about when we make it about him, the impossible becomes possible. And I want to say this to you this morning. I want you to hear what I've got to say this morning. Um, we don't know what God's going to do say this morning, but we're really going to trust God just something incredible in your life. But I, I need to say this, that I'm, I'm expecting this morning. I'm expecting that your life is going to change. I would be very disappointed if you walked out of here this morning in the same place or in the same condition you were when you walked in. Because I, I've got to believe with every fiber of my being that, that in the presence of God, everything changes. Oh, one amen. Thank you. Who was that? Sandy at the back here. Hallelujah. Thank you, sister. I'm going to say that again. I believe that in the presence of God, everything changes. Amen. This Christmas, this Christmas, say that for I'm only speaking about Christmas because I want to go to Prague on Christmas, you know. <laughs> I won't be here at Christmas. Um, no. I want to, this is just to be very different in the sense of what God has shared and put on my heart to share. I mean, you know, the first few weeks building up to Easter, we spoke about facing your fear. We, said, we, prayed, we spoke about the young men that faced the furnace. We spoke about, you know, how Daniel had to face the lion's den for his faith. We spoke about how David had to face the giant, which was almost impossible. And then we spoke about Peter, that uh, said to Jesus, uh, probably about a couple of hours before he was arrested, that, Lord, I will die for you. And Jesus said, yet you're going to deny me three times before the rooster crows. And how often we can deny God by what we, by, we can confess him in one way, but deny him by a lifestyle. And Friday, God laid him out, just to share a little bit around the widow's might of how Jesus sat opposite the offering box. And those of you that haven't heard the sermon, I want to encourage you to go listen to it online. But how Jesus sat and he searched the heart of, of the people that were just putting in money into the collection box. But just during the prayer meeting this morning, Devil mentioned the song and he'll, he'll probably end up with the song. But I want to touch on a guy this morning, which is quite unusual. But I want to, I want to chat a little bit about a guy called Barabbas. Who knows that his name? Who knows what Barabbas' name was? Barabbas' name is actually Jesus Barabbas. That was his name. His name was Jesus Barabbas. 29 AD. 14th of the month. 
this whole thing takes place. The 15th of the month, the Nala, would be Passover. So on Passover, nobody ever gets executed or crucified on Passover. So it was the day before Passover, they arrest Jesus. Barabbas is in his tomb. And I want you to, 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 to see this this morning from Barabbas' point of view. Because I want, I want to drop something just now, and I want you to catch what I'm saying to you. But Barabbas, the way I understand it, was a rebel. In a sense, was he had been in prison because he had caused an uprising against the Roman Empire. You must remember in those days, the, 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 everything was ruled by the Romans. So he caused an uprising, and he had stolen, and he had actually murdered. So he was in prison for theft and for murder. Quite ironic though, because the two guys on either side of Jesus had the same issue. The one was a thief, the one was a murderer. And Barabbas, the word says, not the word says, but historian, historical events say that what the Romans would do to mentally break those that would been crucified is they'd actually give them the wood and the nails to make their own cross while they were in the cells. They would actually give them their cross and wooden nails and they say that you can now make your own cross mentally preparing them for what they would hang on and they would actually make their own in a sense death weapon for what they would die on the crazy thing is that Jesus gets arrested and uh, he gets brought in front of a crowd he actually gets brought in front of a pilot, uh, uh, pilot. and uh, the crowd comes and they start accusing him now I'm going to jump back and forth because I want you to get the picture of the city. Because the crowd that was standing in front of Pilate, the crowd that had brought this accusation against Jesus, besides the religious leaders of the day that had him arrested because he said he was God and they felt that he was being blasphemous, the crowd was the same crowd, I think, that just a few days earlier cried out Hosanna to the king and welcomed him in. And I thought about that. Because I, I, I feel that that messed with me a little bit. In the sense of, in one way, we can declare this incredible God and Savior that we have. And within a few days, we can cry out for blood. And so this crowd is standing there, and they, they bring Jesus in front of Pilate. Now, just so you guys know, it's in Matthew 27, so I'm not making this up. Okay, so I should make sure I've got the right scripture. But it's in Matthew 27. You can go read the story. I'm not going to read the whole story. Matthew tells one story, Luke tells another story in Luke 23. So there's two different stories. But I want to touch on, on the one story because what happened was that he actually sent Jesus away and he sent him to Jesus again again and he sent him to another ruler and the guy sends him back. And basically, Pilate says, I, I don't want anything to do with this crucifixion of Jesus. I don't, I don't want anything to do with what he did. I don't believe that he's done anything wrong. He looked at Jesus and said, are you the king of the Jews? Jesus says, I am. Jesus says, I am. I'm the king of the Jews. A little way down the road, or probably in the same building, Barabbas is sitting in his cell. I just had this picture of him sitting there, working on his cross, quite happy, though that he's not going to be executed today and tomorrow 
There's Passover, nobody's going to be executed. So he gives a couple of days grace. And he hears from his cell, give us Barabbas. The word says that why he heard that was because at Passover, or the day before Passover, the Roman government would release one prisoner. Now I need you to follow the story. I know you guys have heard it, but I want you to follow it. He's allowed to release one prisoner to the crowd. So he has, he's at least a present. He can give one prisoner away. Barabbas doesn't know what's happening, but Barabbas hears the screaming because the word says that, that Pilate went and he said, you can either have Jesus <coughs> or you can have Barabbas. And he actually says it like this in the passion. He says, you get, because Barabbas named me son of teacher, and Jesus meant son of the mighty God. And so he said, you can either have Jesus, the son of the teacher, or you can have Jesus, the anointed one. And the crowd screams out, give us Barabbas, give us Barabbas, give us Barabbas. And the next word that the crowd screams out is crucify him, crucify him. Now, I don't know about you, that few of us have been in trouble in our lives before. But I mean, so just, I was just thinking, sitting in the prison cell, Barabbas is standing with his wood and his nails and his hammer, Knowing he's going to die, here's the crowd outside screaming, Give us Barabbas, crucify him. Barabbas in his mind must be thinking, Moses, these people really do anything. Not really understanding what was happening in that moment. The incredible story is this is that, is that do you know that Pilate asked the crowd three times? Who must I crucify? Crazy though, because Peter had the same situation just a, a few hours earlier. And it's great to tell a story about Peter. It's great all to sit and go, well, Peter was a bad guy because Peter denied Jesus. But we forget about the story that in the same day, not only did one man deny Jesus three times, but the entire town denied him three times. Crazy. Have you ever thought of that? Madness. Jesus doesn't say a word during this whole thing. He doesn't say one word. Eventually, they get to the place where um, Pilate says this. He says, bring me a bowl of water. And he brings the water and he washes his hands and he says, I wash my hands of any wrongdoing to this day which hit me in such a sensitive place this week because I realized for the first time in my life that the Romans didn't execute Jesus the crowd did not one leader made that decision not one leader made that decision even Pilate washed his hands and he says I see this man is innocent I want nothing to do with his death. And we go, no, but he was crucified by the Romans. No, he was not crucified by the Romans. He was crucified by was those that sang Hosanna two days before that. He was crucified by was a bunch of people that decided that a thief and a murderer was more important than their king. How do people's minds change so quickly? 
How do we come to this place? Because let me explain something to you quickly. The thing that gets me is this, is that Judas had to betray Jesus or else I would not walk in freedom today. I, I, I had to realize that poor Peter had to deny him three times so that I could walk in freedom today. And I, then I started to understand something, that Barabbas had to be freed that I could walk in freedom today. Because what happens is they just crucify Barabbas did Jesus go? What, would Jesus have a makeover? Would he, would he have a do-over? Would he just do it next Easter? You see, there were things that fell into place that had to take place. Sitting in the prayer room this morning, I'm thinking about the Barabbas story. And all of a sudden it hits me that Jesus and Barabbas is very much like Jesus and me. Because really, I'm the Barabbas in the story. I realized something, that this murderer and this thief stood trial for me 2,000 years ago, that I would never have to stand trial again. That courtroom that played out in that moment wasn't a story in this book. It was a story of your life. Because you know that every one of you and I sitting in this room this morning deserves death because of sin. Every one of us in this room have messed up. Every one of us have been a Barabbas. Whether we've stolen, whether we've murdered people with our thoughts or our minds or what we say. Every one of us. And you can understand the word of God said that there's going to come a day when you're going to die. And there's going to come a day when you're going to face the Almighty. And there's going to give a day where you were going to give an account for your actions. And 2,000 years ago, that courtroom played out. 2,000 years ago, that courtroom played out. You see, it wasn't Jesus that was accusing me of what I've done. 90% of the time, it's the people around us that accuse us of what we've done. And as I sat in the prayer room this morning, I could hear this. Give us Kurt. Give us Kurt. Give us Kurt. Crucify him. And then I realized... That because of the crowd, because of Barabbas coming out of the cell, and because of Jesus being prepared not to say a word, all of a sudden I realized in that moment that I'm never going to have to stand trial for that thing again. You see, that's the grace of God. That's the grace of God. That's God's grace, treating you better than you deserve. You see, that's what happened on Calvary. That's what happened that day. The day that they crucified Jesus, 
grace came towards you that you would never have to be in the position that Barabbas and Jesus was. We never hear about Barabbas after that. But in my mind, can you imagine just being brought up, and I want you to see this because being brought up in chains, being whipped, being beaten, and all of a sudden, the guards look at you and they uncuff you. You know you're meant to die. You know you're meant to be crucified. In fact, you're busy working on your cross right now. And the guy just looks at you and says, you're free. You can go, Mary. You can go, Mary. I think there must have been this bewildered look on Barabbas' face. Because I think he must have thought, well, April Fool came early. I think he must have walked away and think, oh, what's this all about? This is not the way things are meant to be. And you're right. They were not the way things were meant to be, but that's how it happened. You know, I don't think, I don't think Barabbas disappeared into the crowd and, and ran away. I somehow got the feeling that Barabbas lingered a bit. Wouldn't you? Wouldn't you want to see what is about to happen to this guy that just took your place on a cross? Wouldn't you be interested just to see what would happen to this guy that actually took your sins, took your disease, took your sickness, took your sin, took your failures to the cross? I, I think I would have hung back a bit and maybe mingled in the crowd a little bit, you know, and go, do you think they're really going to do this? Do you really think that I am free? And this is the problem, that many of you don't believe that you're free. So many of you are still walking around with a guilty conviction, conviction of your life. Because of what you've done, because of what you've said, your lifestyle, where you've left God, where you've done crazy things. I think Barabbas must have hung back and just looked from a distance and all of a sudden he has this guy and he must be thinking to himself, I know this guy. Because I've heard about him. Barabbas probably saw some miracles. I mean, even Pilate knew. Even Pilate knew. This, this guy apparently brought a guy out of a tomb after four days. Pilate heard about the guy that couldn't walk and now he's walking and the, the guy that was blind and now he's at the temple and he can see everything. Barabbas must have known these things. Barabbas must have known that an innocent man was about to die for him. You see, this is repentance. Repentance is the picture of Barabbas. You see, you've got to know that you failed. You've got to know that you messed up. You've got to know that the man that hung on the cross for you didn't deserve it. And you've got to ask yourself, but why would he do it for me? Because I guarantee you, none of us would have done it for him.
Easter is a little bit different this year. Easter is a little bit different this year. I personally think, and there's no that said good this one. But I think Barabbas must have found a place to sit. And I think he must have sat there until they could Jesus from the cross. Because somehow I think Barabbas wanted to know that it is done. That he's genuinely free. And I don't know where you're sitting today. But I need to say to you, it is really done. You are really free. You see, you're never going to face that courtroom that Barabbas and Jesus had to face. Crazy how prophetically, 2,000 years ago, our punishment had to play out in our lives. The problem is that that grace did not come cheap. But somehow we make that grace cheap. Somehow, instead of honoring God for allowing Jesus to go to the cross, for somehow allowing and thanking Jesus that he did die for us, somehow grace becomes a thing of Oh, well, I'm glad he did that. Because now I can do what I want. And that's not what grace was about. I'll tell you what grace was about. If you ever wanted to know what grace is, remember the blood that stained that cross. That's grace. Right there. Right there. That's grace. It cost Jesus everything and it cost Barabbas nothing. That's what grace is. That's what happened on this day. And we can, we can preach five million stories about the crucifixion. And we can tell you every single Bible verse that there is. But if there's one thing that I want to give to you on Easter Sunday is this. That somebody pay the price for you that you did not deserve. I couldn't get that picture out of my mind. <laughs> what Barabbas must have done afterwards. He must have walked away and thinking, what the hell just happened there? Like, let me pinch myself. What happened there? How is it that I was one minute working on my death sentence and now I don't even know where to go? Because this, I had not planned this. And that's a problem in our Christian world is that we're so fixated on this that we've got no plan for our freedom. We don't understand that healing came through the cross and salvation came through the cross and deliverance came through the cross. Everything that you and I desire came through the cross. 
But so often I see us as Christians standing like a deer in the headlight, not understanding what the hell just happened. And we're grateful for our freedom. And we're grateful that He died for us. And we're grateful that our sins have been removed. And we're grateful that we never had to face that judgment seat. But there's one thing that we don't get right. And it's what do we do after the cross? What do we do with what was done on the cross? What do we do with what was given to us on the cross? Because I can guarantee you now that Barabbas, if you were standing here, would have something to say to you guys. And he would say to you, do not take the sacrifice that Jesus did for granted. And he would say that I saw the pain on him. And I saw the beatings. And I saw what he looked like on Calvary. Don't take that for granted. But I believe Barabbas would also say to you, sort out your nonsense. Sort out your stuff. Because there's another miracle here in this room. You see, all of this was done that we and he could have this amazing relationship that out of overflow of this that everyone on this side can be changed. But the problem is the church is still so excited about what Jesus did on the cross that they haven't done anything with it. <laughs> Come on! Do you want to tell me after 2020 years we still can't get people saved? You want to honestly tell me that we cannot fill a church and we've had this news for 2020 years. I mean, we might be a bit slow, but guys, guys, what are you doing, Barabbas? You know what the cool thing is? Is that we never ever hear about Barabbas again. I'm not going back to Galilee. I'm out of here. <laughs> but we also know that it was never mentioned again that he was arrested. We also know that nowhere did it mention that he ended up in prison again. And, and so I want to believe in my heart that what Barabbas encountered shamed him forever. And I want to believe that what you encountered has maybe changed you forever. You see, there's, there's, there's a whole lot of different sides to a coin. And sometimes we, we get misled. Sometimes we think that, that Peter was a real so-and-so because he's not Jesus. We did that. Sometimes we think Jesus, uh, Judas was this horrible guy. Do you know how much in today's value those 30 coins will be worth that Judas betrayed Jesus for. 3,200 rand. That's today's value. 17 ounces of silver. Crazy. We thought Pilate was this monster. And yet even Pilate could not find fault in him. You see, it would have been a different thing if Pilate had accused him of found him guilty of something and sentenced him to death. And we would all say, oh, but you know the Roman... No, no, no. We sentenced him to death. Whether you like it or not, and I'm not being hard, and please, I'm not being religious, 
But you know, when we do sin and we just keep doing sin and we just keep doing sin and we just keep doing sin and God may just forgive and we may just keep doing sin, it starts screaming every single time, crucify him, crucify him, give us Barabbas. You know, this is the problem with us though, is that we have all this freedom and we constantly screaming, give us Barabbas. Why? What am I saying to you? We've got a choice. We either choose Jesus or we choose our past. The problem is that every time you scream Barabbas, you're screaming your past. And you've got a choice. When the crowd say, give us Barabbas, what were they saying? Well, give us, give us the sin that we used to have. We don't mind living with a murderer. We don't mind living with a thief. But oh boy, heaven forbid we want to live with Jesus. You were in that courtroom whether you like it or not. You in that cell, hearing your name being called. In the spiritual realm, that was happening. You heard the crowd scream, crucify him. And there you were, uncuffed. There you go. Everything that you've done, you've now received pardon for. That's crazy. That's crazy. And I know it's a different message for Easter. But I want you to get what I'm saying to you today. Because sometimes we miss the details. Sometimes we need to understand what God's grace and incredible love looks like towards you and me.